Hello, everybody. This is my turn to be solo on the mic. It's just me, Charlie Penn. Corey, of course, you know what? I'm just going to say it. I got Corey sick, everyone. It was me. Yes, I got Corey sick. No, just kidding. Something was going around. I'm sure half of you had it. We all got sick. As you know, I was sick last week. And now Corey, our beloved Corey Murray, is sick this week. Home resting. Hope she's drinking tea. Hope her feet are up. I hope you have a onesie on, Corey. I really hope you're resting. Seriously. But Corey is out sick. Yolanda is still nursing and loving on baby Biko, who turned one month old. This, what, on the 26th? Kidding. I think so. September 26th. So last week he turned one month old. Happy one month, baby Biko. Yolanda, we miss you terribly. Please hurry up and get back here. Biko can come. Corey, get better soon. And you guys have me. So welcome to Yes Girl, Charlie Penn Solo Edition. No, I'm just kidding. Corey was here for our special guest this week. So you do get to hear a little Corey later. This week on the show, we have Remy Ma and Papoose, my faves. You guys, my couple crush for Remy and Pap. And I don't know if it's okay for me to call him Pat, but I just feel like I can because I have interviewed them so many times. And every time I do, I love their love even more. As you know, their new show, Meet the Mackies, premiered this week on VH1. It's lit. It's all about their upcoming baby joy. Well, the fact that they have a baby coming very soon, a baby they worked so hard to create and is so dear to them. And just when you thought you couldn't love them more, you do. And you see them on Meet the Mackies. But anyway, I love Remy and Pap's love. And I feel like when you guys hear it, you'll know what I'm saying. Because if you remember, they were our first ever Yes Girl podcast love guests. So on the very first episode of Yes Girl podcast, I sat down with Remy and Pap and talked to them about how they were able to love each other when she was behind bars. And how they were able to stay connected, even literally with something in between them. It was deep and it was amazing. But this time, really talking to them two years later after they've gone through so much. Remy's miscarriages, everything that's happened to them. It was really like a turning point. But get into this interview with them. But before that, we have to talk about what else we missed this week. So if you didn't get your Black Love Gala tickets, please do. As you know, Essence is having their inaugural Black Love Gala on Saturday, October 13th in New York City. Tickets are on sale right now. This idea is near and dear to my heart, you guys. I'm going to be there with Hubby. This is a concept that we've been working so hard on. We are going to celebrate love for the ultimate date night, the ultimate date night in New York City. Hubby and I are going to be there. We really want to see you. It's Saturday, October 13th, 2018. You know it's this year. Don't play games. Don't tell me you thought it was next year. 8 o'clock to 11.30 p.m. It's at Pier 60, Chelsea Pears in New York City. Please don't miss out. We have celebrity married DJs, DJ MOS and DJ Kiss on the on the turntables, which should be amazing. We have um, Taval and Kadeen Alice hosting. You know you love them on Instagram. They're hilarious. It's going to be right there on the Hudson. Magical romance. I really don't understand why you're not already pulling up the link and getting tickets. I'm waiting. Essence.com slash Black Love Gala. Get into it. Hosted by Toyota Avalon. I'm going to be double dating with our beauty and style director, Julie, and her husband. We're kind of anniversary buddies. Their anniversary is September. Ours is October 17th. This is right in the middle. We're going to celebrate love. We want to see you there, too. And in case you love love, but you don't want to bring someone, we get it. Go with your girls. Solo tickets are now available. Now, that shameless plug is over, but I really want to see you guys. So I will meet you in New York, October 13th. Please get your tickets. Now, can we please talk about the Insecure finale? And I don't care that I have no one to talk about because talk about it with because I have thoughts. So I don't know if I forgive Liff Bay or not. I kind of. So we found out that Nathan, a.k.a. Liff Bay, basically ghosted on Issa because he was depressed. 
And that's a real thing, you guys. Like depression, mental health, we know what happens when that goes undiagnosed and unaddressed. However, because I ride for Issa and I know we all do and no one likes to be ghosted and he was up here responding to like the lift, you know, criminal investigation and cutting people's hair. I'm not sure I buy that he was really that depressed. And those flowers that he brought over, not enough. I needed you to bring me spa passes, a weekend getaway. You booked a great Airbnb. Like, what's good? I feel like flowers for, like, two months of being MIA, including for her birthday, flowers are not enough. So I would love to know what you guys thought about that finale. It was interesting. Also, Molly and Issa's fight, I felt like I could really relate to that. I know I've always been that friend who's like, oh, no, girl, no. He will not hurt you. He will not block your joy. He will not mess with you. I will stand in the way. I will literally block the drama with my body because that's how hard we ride for our girls. So I know Molly thought she was doing the right thing when she did not tell Issa on her birthday that Nathan showed up to her house. But I can also understand why Issa was mad because as much as we love our girlfriends, we really can't meddle. Not all the way. Like we can meddle a little bit, but we can't just completely intervene and not tell them. But anyway, that's my two cents. I would love to hear what you guys thought about the finale. There was a lot to think about. So Nathan, ain't shit, kind of shit. Do we like him? Do we hate him? Do we forgive him? Do you forgive him? Let us know at hashtag Yes Girl Podcast. Are you on Molly's side or Issa's? Did Molly need that read? I think maybe, yeah, just a little bit. But let us know. Hashtag Yes Girl Podcast. And speaking of television, I would just like to say that I'm very happy because literally almost all my shows are back, including How to Get Away with Murder. Annalise is already everything. Also curious, what are you guys watching? Am I alone and the only person left on the earth that watches Grey's Anatomy? So I hope not. Also, there's a whole bunch of new shows I'm into, which I will wait for Corey to return so we can talk about because nobody knows TV better than Corey. But anyway, enough of me. Let's get into Corey and I talking to Remy Ma and Papoose about their authentic love and that baby, the golden child, coming soon. So, Corey, I am very excited because Remy and Papoose are back. I feel like you guys are family because you know you were on our first Yes Girl podcast. Yes. Our inaugural I remember. episode. Do you remember that, yes, I do. And it was a moment in time. You guys really, we went in about your love. You remember? It was a moment. <laughs> Every time I see you, like, remember? I'm like, I remember you. I was. I mean, because for us, it was like we were doing something. We were trying this intimate moment where we mm-hmm. really sit down and have the conversations that we know as black women and men we have with each other and sharing that in a bigger way. Right. And you guys were such a great example of that. Aww, so you. welcome back. Thank you for having us A lot back. has changed since we've talked to you. I Lots know, of good like news. two and a half of us now. I know. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. And you guys can't see her. I don't believe that you have a baby in there. I know there's a baby in there, but. She's hiding it pretty well. I She's pretty hiding. good. You can't hide it. It's, it's right there. there. It's there. Like, I don't know. Just, I'm just not huge. Like, you know, I guess he wants me to be. She's hiding there. I but that just lets it. me know your snatchback is okay. going to be so epic. Thank you. Yes. Well, I, I think some of it is because, like, all my pregnancy symptoms is going to my husband. Mm-hmm. Like, he literally has to use the bathroom every 10 minutes. <laughs> he gained about 12 pounds. What do they call it? Sympathy pregnant? Sorry? For that sympathy pregnancy with the men when you feel everything? No, it's just because she gets all the food in the world and I end up eating it because she won't, she just waste it. I'm not wasting. I just, like, I don't really have cravings, <laughs> but it's just certain things, like, I want. I'll go, like, to a restaurant and I'll just order everything. I'm like, because I want to try some of everything. And he just... 
finishes all of everything. So it kind of <laughs> works out bad for him. <laughs> I think, well, we've been following along. You guys share everything on social media. But I, what I want to say is I love how excited your fans are for this baby, too. Oh, yes, wow. they are We're really just excited. as excited as you guys are. I Thank see it in the you. comments. <laughs> we are riding. People are like, wait, another angle. Yes. <laughs> baby Mackie. It's like, um, nah, they are, they are. what are you, you calling the baby? The golden child? Yeah, oh, that's right. Gosh. There you go. <laughs> the golden child. Yes. Do not <laughs> encourage <laughs> it. Oh, my gosh. We are waiting the golden child. Is that going to be the baby's name? He's trying. <laughs> Embrace He's it. He's really Embrace trying. I'm like, babe, we can it. call Embrace the baby it. the gold child, but that is not that is the baby's going name already. anywhere near the birth. The baby has communicating with the universe and let us know it's a golden child. Golden child. No, no, no. Goldie? No. It sounds like a cute nickname. Yeah, it's really cute. Mm-mm. He's crazy. He's crazy. I'm with you. We're going to get it. We're going to pull it off. So I know this is your first child together, but how yes. is it this time around being pregnant, being about to be a new dad again? What's the difference between what you experienced the first time around? Oh, so it's a total, total 180. Um, for me, I was really young. I was a teenager when, when I got pregnant with my son, who's 18 now. And um, I was just in a different space. Like things that are happening with my body, I'm sure it happened then, but I just wasn't there mentally. Like I was, I was basically a kid myself, and to be with someone who I love so very much and I'm in love with. Thank and, you, I love you too. And thank you, and just to be to have someone just so excited because you know a lot of women they they don't get the the excitement from the partner. So to have somebody who I he probably might even have me beat in the excitement part. Like he does the most. Like he is <laughs> crazy. But you know you're crazy when it comes to the baby. But um just to have like that support and just somebody that's just there like every doctor's appointment, every sonogram, every I'm surprised he might have one in his pocket. Like he carries <laughs> them around. It's crazy. And just just to have a plan. You know, it was, this was something that was planned. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't something that just happened. We knew every step of the way, not only just because we did in vitro, but we this is something that we both wanted together. And we're not just planning for now. We're planning, like, for the baby's future. So all of those things are so, so different from, from the first time. How about what you? about you? I, when the baby is born, I already told my wife I might faint in the delivery. I never fainted in my life, but I might faint for the first time. Um. This is like the best thing that ever happened to me. I'm excited. You know, I just want to meet this person, you know. Just excited to meet the baby. It's been a long time coming. And we had a lot of uh, trials and tribulations, obstacles that was put in our way to prevent us from this point, getting to this point. So now that we finally here, I'm just so excited. And then to answer your question, this experience, just the best thing ever for me. He sits there at night staring at my stomach like, I just want to take it out now. <laughs> I just want to take it out. I saw every time I'm like, bah, it's not done yet. It's like a dream. It's like a dream. So when you want just to see it come into reality, I don't, I'm going to be strong, but I'm not sure how I can swallow, how I'm swallow that pill, you know? Have you been in the delivery room before? Yes, I was there for all my children. Okay. But like I said, you know, before my wife went away, we was planning to have a child. And mm-hmm. then unfortunately she blew trial. So when she was incarcerated, uh, she tried to get an appeal and it was denied. So we came to the conclusion that we would have to wait until she come home. And I wanted her to have the baby in there. She didn't want to do that. And I understand yeah. now. But when she came home after seven years, we had to wait seven years. And she got pregnant and then she had a miscarriage. So this was just like a miracle baby for me, yeah. you know. And also it completes my marriage, I feel. Mm. I love that. Speaking of that, 
You guys are Black Love Goals. We always talk about that. Everybody knows that. It's established. You are the king and queen of Black Love Goals. I think we can all agree. (laughs) But what I love is your love was tight and strong and vibrant then. You keep going through these different things and things keep happening. But look at you right now. It's like, I want to know how you love each other through pain because that's harder. Um, I think that is one of the basis of black love that is yeah. the foundation and and a lot of people think it just has to do with you know our race and the color of our skin it's no like dealing black in dark times when everything is not bright and colorful and cherry still yeah. being able to push through and I think from the very first time we got together there was always some type of obstacle in our way whether it was sometimes it was horrible like prison and we were miles away and bars away and bricks and all that other stuff away but then there were times where it was just work where he was on tour and I'd be on tour or even now where you know I I have to work and he has to work and we we get separated a lot so when we when we're together we really cherish the times that we're together and I think when you're able to go through those dark times and those black times and those times when things aren't good, that's when your love has to be as strong as it's easy to love somebody and be there for them when all the bills is paid and everything is fun and everything's going according to plan. But when, you know, when money not right or when someone is away or when somebody's sick or when there's just hurt or heartache going on, those are the times that signify to me at least that that personify and how deep and how invested you actually are into your love. A lot of people, they see those times and they be like, oh, I'm out. Yeah, I ain't gotta sign go. up for this. You know, the, the, those are the times when you're supposed to love the hardest. What have it taught you about loving a black woman? Because, I mean, you, again, goals, but you've been through everything with her. You've been through it together. What have you learned? Um, I learned that unity is everything communication is everything you know one of the things that was stripped away from us was our right to actually interact with each other physically like even when i would visit her they would tell us hey put your hands on the table so we couldn't interact like the normal couple would but one thing we always had was communication and when she couldn't call me on the phone we wrote letters to each other so we always talked and even on the visiting floor we had hours to sit there and speak so we would take turns speaking even in a disagreement you know Communication is everything. Hearing somebody out, sometimes you can have a disagreement and you will swear to God that you're 100% right. And you will never realize how wrong you are until you let somebody talk and hear them out. And you will really realize like, holy shit, like, did I do that? Did I make you feel like that? Well, that's one of the rules that that we have. Sometimes we get off track, but when it gets really bad, we implement it again. And he'll talk and I cannot say anything no matter what he says i can't say anything and then i'll talk and then it's yeah, vice versa take turns speaking. it gets it gets a little complicated sometimes because see i'm smart when he's talking i have my pad and i'm like this <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> so yeah. when i'm talking he just be sitting there he's like wait can i just say one thing because i got like three points and if you keep going i'm like nope no right. excuse me yeah one, one, that's <laughs> one of the things i learned you got to communicate that. and i, I always tell but like other works. couples that i know Girl. like uh, we went to a wedding recently and I advised them, hey, listen, it's going to get tough at times, but there's no back door to marriage. You know, divorce is not an option. And I don't know why I feel like people go into marriages sometimes and they're like, if this gets rough, I'm going to get a divorce. You shouldn't think like that. Not at all. You know, if you listen to your wedding vows, you will realize that's not an option. It's the death door's part. I want to know who guys taught you how to love. I mean, what were your 
how did you grow up and how are you implementing that in your own home, your well, own home right now? My parents were married since I could remember being alive, you know, and to be honest, growing up, I, I wasn't, I don't remember the wedding, but I always remember the pictures from the wedding on the wall where my mom had on this white dress and my dad had on a white suit. So that made me say, hey, one day when I grow up, I want to get married. I want to have a wife. And I would recommend that to all parents. You know, if you facilitate that type of home for your child, it will install those type of morals, values, and principles in them. And they say, hey, one day I want to get married. You know, So to answer the question, I grew up you know, in a married home. I, I grew up totally opposite. You know, I grew up in a single um, family home. And when I wasn't with my mom, my grandmother, you know, she was raising us and she was by herself. And then I left home really early. But I just saw so much violence, domestic violence and child neglect and child abuse that I knew what I didn't want. You know what I'm saying I never got that good example of what it should be or picture perfect, but I knew what I wasn't going to tolerate. I wasn't going to tolerate somebody disrespecting me. I wasn't going to tolerate someone putting their hands on me. I wasn't going to tolerate somebody that wasn't going to be there for me and my children, whether they were their father or not. And by me seeing all of those things, when I, I didn't have the positive, but I knew what I definitely didn't want. So when I met my husband, it was so funny because... <laughs> I remember when he first told me about, you know, the pictures on his wall, how his mom and his dad had always been married. And then, you know, I met his sisters and siblings. I'm like, wait a minute, so you have all have the same mother and father? Like, wait, y'all all grew up in the same house? Like, that was the first time that I'd ever met somebody who grew up in a home where all of their sisters and brothers had the same mother and the same father, and they were married their whole life. And it was just like, wow, that's dope. And I think that's why he's so respectful of women as well, because he grew up in a home where his mom and his dad was married, and he had two sisters and was the only boy. I mean, the only boy. <laughs> I like the music. <laughs> I love that. Well, I, we love, and I know we're saying love a lot in this conversation, but that's what it is. But we love that you guys want to showcase your love on your new reality show. Absolutely. But can you tell us why is it so important to you and beyond just like, oh, this is this. But I think about what Gabrielle Union said about why she puts her love out with Dwayne Wade so much because she kind of wants to change the narrative around black love. Is that one of the reasons why or why why did you guys decide to do this first project? First of all, I love Gab. Whenever I see her, she's she was like one of the first people that when I announced that we were pregnant, that was just so, so receptive and just welcoming. And, and I didn't, I met her before, but I didn't know her like that. Like when the hug that she gave me and, and the, the glisten in her eyes, it was so real. And she was just like telling me like how, you know, it just gives women hope out there. And I think when we first started doing Love and Hip Hop, our goal was just like to show people our love and that, you know, that we're different from everyone. But when the second season came around and the third one, we we're like, oh, we don't want to do this. Like people were like, no, you guys have to do it. Like we kind of felt, it. we kind of felt like obligated because there's nothing like what we do yeah. that's out there. They love depicting us as broken homes and baby mamas and baby daddies and just always cheating. And our family is not like that. We have a blended family. I came in with my son. He came in with children from, you know, previous relationships. And we've been together since we were in our early 20s. And we got married and we've been through a lot and we're still here. So when when the opportunity came for us to, you know, finally we've been saying like, yo, we let us do our own show. Let us show people like some of the real things that we actually go through because that we although we have this new baby in the way, our children 
who are, I don't really feel like they're that much children anymore, but <laughs> they're 18. They all turned 18 this year. Three of them turned 18 this year, and one of them is 21. But we they we kind of grew up with them. So we, we're like in this cool space where we're, we're parents, but we still kind of can relate to everything that our kids went through because I remember being 17 very clearly. It wasn't that long ago. And, and I just think that when, when people get to see a different dynamic, not just – you know the other people. I think our people need to see it too Absolutely. because we 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 tend to depict ourselves in, in in a negative way because we see it so much. So when we walk down the street and we see couples that are like, "Yo, I love you guys, love. I love how he loves you. I love how mm-hmm. you guys look at each other." Like they, it, it starts to it actually helps us too. What do you think? Like with like mm-hmm. it's kind of like therapeutic. I think Absolutely. I think uh, to be honest with you, when we first decided to do Love and Hip Hop which was our first reality show I thought people was going to kill me <laughs> really like it happened by default the the reaction and the love that we got the response it totally happened by default for me because I was like I don't care this is how I am now they knew the younger me as an artist growing up you know doing the the, the mixtapes the shows and all the features and all the craziness they didn't know the side of me who was married and had a family but honestly looking at how you know Unfortunately, most people sometimes in the music they depict, you know, money over hoes, money over bitches. We, me knowing that train of thought, I thought they was going to kill me. I was like, yo, they're going to hate my guts, but this is what it is. And and look, they the world loved it. You guys, it kind of not to cut you off, but it kind of speaks to the fact that what's is starving, like how much we need the, it's the confirmation. I could totally see why Gabrielle would say that to you because it is inspiring. I mean, I'm sitting to you right listening right now. I'm like, I could find my hope in the world you know what I mean like I think so especially for single women I know Remy I know they tell you all the time like how do I find a man like that because I think when you (laughs) find one that's the question that you get it's so crazy is that I get that from women but more so we've been getting a lot of guys who come and they're like at first we'll get the, the few people that would be like, oh, my God, you're ruining my life. My girl wants me to post her all day. Like, Help. you know, Pat, why mm-hmm. are you doing this? You're making it hard for mm-hmm. us. But that's when it's a crowd of people. But when we get the one-on-ones and it's just us, we'll, with so many men will come up to us and be like, yo, you made me look at things different. I want to settle down. I want A lot of our friends have gotten married in, in since the past four or yeah, five years. A lot of our true. friends have gotten married. A lot of you know people that we interact with have decided to settle down and just change the way that they're living. And it, it just changes your life. A lot of times I think as men, they, they feel like if I get married, my life is over, you know, or if I get married, I'm going to be trapped. I'm going to be stuck. I have and, to change. Yeah. And, yeah. and the same thing. I have friends, too, that are scared to death to get married. It's like, oh, sure. I, I can't be down like foolish that. Though. But it's really foolish. It is. Your life is so much more peaceful. And so it's like you. there's just so much calm because you know what everything is you know where everyone stands and you're not worried about checking your phone and it's just a miserable it's a miserable way of living when you live in that other lifestyle yeah I, it's so bad. I feel sorry for some guys. <laughs> Listen to him, Fire. I'd be like, Listen yo, bro. When I get them one, I don't want to embarrass them. When I get them one on one, I'd be like, bro, stop. <laughs> no, but stop. She's ten steps ahead of you. Stop. You She's gotta keep preaching know. that because I hate to see a grown man talking about his relationship oh fears. I'm like, I'm sir, like, bro, but stop. They, they don't when when they get it though. Literally, we've had grown men, some of the most 
quote unquote bachelors players in the world when they change over and they come and they're like yeah I want my black love I like you to meet my wife we be sitting there <laughs> dying like oh you finally came over to this welcome side. to the other side mm-hmm. welcome to the club you right. like it right and and I think when you set the example like that sometimes people be, be just like like me I were, I wasn't given that example I didn't know it was possible and then I think with women we put so many expectations on him and we have like this laundry list he gotta be tall his eyes gotta be like this full lips gotta make this amount of money no kids no Mm -hmm. this like I used to have that list like I had a son I was like I don't care if you got kids it's out of here I don't wanna deal with your baby mama you know what it is but women like y'all as women y'all are so amazing y'all have so many qualities but men don't know they don't know they think they have to go from woman to woman to woman just to satisfy satisfy themselves, I'm gonna give you an example. A woman is more precious than a treasured black pearl buried deep within the ocean's waters. The the diver who discovers this example of art, wealth, and beauty is a happy, happy man. See, gold and precious pearls exist, but the the knowledge is not known to so many of us because we don't take the time to discover it. If you just take your time out and be loyal and faithful and honest to your woman, you will realize she has so many qualities. You will never know a woman's full potential if you don't lead by example. If you let a woman know that you're there for her, you're going to be loyal, you're going to be faithful, you will get that in return. I think so many men are discouraged and they don't have that confidence or that patience to... Figure that out. Dive in. Yes. I think that should be the title of your book. (laughs) Remy can write the foreword. Thank you so much, and we'll accept a percentage. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she is funny. No, but really, guys, thank you for the show. Meet the Maggots is coming out October first. October first. Nine p.m. Nine p.m. More goals on goals. Real quick, what else can we find out about baby? Who are the godparents? What's the nursery look like? What's we're excited. We need. We haven't even thought about godparents. Did you think about godparents? I don't. Like arguing with you about it. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> so, I can't really well, believe that y'all really argue. <laughs> Let me just put that out there. First of all, detailed no, the kids, <laughs> the kids think it's so funny. Like, like especially my, my daughter, who's you know, that I that I gained through my marriage. She thinks our arguments are the funniest. Like I come in, so I'd be like, Why is my cookies that I had in the car in the house? She'd be like, I don't know, daddy brought those in here. But these are my car cookies. These are the cookies that I cookies. need in the car. So in case I'm caught in traffic. So then I'll go to him. I'm like, why do you have He's like, you're really going to go this hard over some cookies? Car cookies. So I'm like, yes, because when I'm in the car, you eat all my snacks. And I'm stuck there. And I have nothing. And me and the golden child are hungry. So then it'll carry on to the next day. He'll come out. And he'll go to put on his jacket. And the sleeves is cuffed. He'll be like... Hmm, the sleeves are cushion. You wore my jacket? And I'd be like, yeah. He'd be like, yeah, you can wear my jacket, but I can't eat your cookies. It's a, your jacket is fine. My cookies are in a toilet sewer somewhere. Like, what do you, like, those are the dumb arguments. We don't really have serious arguments. I believe it. But they be serious at the time. Like, and you still haven't replaced my cookies. Well, we remain in awe of y'all's love and how real it is. And we appreciate it. Keep doing it. Keep shining. Thank Thank you for coming back to the show. We'll be back. We'll be back. After the show is on, we'll come back and we'll get a, Make sure you guys give us a critique. Yes, Honest and the Golden critique. Child can make their first podcast. And the Golden Child. Oh my gosh! If, if he lets it stay where it is for a little while long and keeps trying to steal it out, like coach it out. Baby yes, please. Baby Thank you guys so much. Special thanks to our guests, Remy Ma and Papoose. Thank you for listening to Yes Girl, and be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes.